What is up, ladies and gents? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcast from Rapid Sparsa coming to you with a special live, that's right, live episode of the show. It is very nice to see you all. And uh, I got to tell you guys, normally we don't do lives. You know, we kind of do these pre-records, but we have a guest and we want to help them get the word out on a very, very, very big show that is coming up in a couple days. We'll get to him in a second before we do a couple quick little business matters. First and foremost, if you like me, and I hope you do, maybe you're tuning in, maybe you don't like me, maybe you like the guest, that's all good. If you want to support the show, and maybe you might, let's see if by the end of the show you want to, you can always do a few things. First and foremost, you can at and subscribe on us at Grappling Hour on the YouTube page. And if you want to go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, all that sort of stuff, we would love that too. Nothing helps us get the word out there more than that. And if you don't know what you want to comment on, by the end of the episode, we will give you something to comment on. Also, if you want to support the show and let's say, hey, Raf, how can I, just the average Q day citizen, do something nice for you guys. Well, you can support us by doing one of the following. You can come on over to high.page backslash grappling hour. Look at that graphic. That happened live too. If you want to go ahead and give us some support, it would mean the world to us. For five bucks, you see early access to our interviews 30 days before anybody else. And for a few extra dollars, you see tape breakdowns, which means we actually break down fights and matches with athletes. We have a segment called Roast Graph where people roast my competition footage and you get extra episodes not available anywhere else. So... That's the stuff that we've got coming up. And the last thing is, if you really want to hang out with us, you can also join us, not on our Twitch. That's not the one we want, but we do have that at Grappling Hour. If you want to keep these conversations going, you can go ahead and hang out with us and go on over on our Discord. And that is at Grappling Hour. We continue the conversations that we have here on our show. All right, let's get to our guest. I'm very excited about our guest today. Here's why. Our guest has been making inroads on every form of combat sports possible. He is a wrestler. He is an MMA fighter. And this Thursday, he will be competing at who's number one. And uh, I'm intrigued to talk with him because we share a lot of similar friends. In fact, I saw photos of him training with some of my similar friends, one of whom I texted and said, where was my invite? Keith Kikorian. So, yeah, Keith, <laughs> you ain't inviting me to go in your monster session. All good. It's in Orange County. Didn't know you were back in town. But I'm not going to hold that against our guest because our guest is not Keith Kikorian. It's an actual fighter. Take that, Keith. Anyway, our guest is one, Ian Butler. Ian, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> Damn, Keith, you're in trouble, bro. <laughs> Bro, you know what? He had the nerve to say back to me when I said, like, wow. I, you know what it is? I started with, well, 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 to let him know, like, I didn't know you were back in town. And you can make it up to Orange County. You can't make it up to the Valley. And Keith just hit me back with, oh, well, yeah, well, 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 where were you? And I go, first of all, nobody told me you guys were getting together. Second of all, uh, I definitely want to see Mike John as well because I don't like that guy either. So I thought to myself, <laughs> I see how it is. So anyway, you're training with very good people getting ready for this match. Uh, tell me a little bit about that session or those sessions that you've been having, because I've been seeing you get on over to 10th Planet Orange. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm a 10th Planet headquarters guy, though, like uh, throughout the end. Like uh, Eddie's my guy, man. Um, after I did Combat Worlds, 
um, Eddie's invested into me and I'm a 10 planet guy now. So, um, but Eddie can't make it out to who's number one. So Mike John's going to be in my corner. I decided to keep it all in the 10 planet family. So I told Eddie like, yo, I live in the OC anyway. I drive all the way down to go see Eddie. So I was still part of Eddie's. He was still preparing me for this camp and everything else for who's number one. And then it shifted over to Orange because Mike John was coming with me to corner me. And Keith was there. Keith has been there for a minute now, as Mike John told me. And uh, yeah, man, that session with him, dude, dude, there's a reason why Keith is one of the best in the world. Uh, dude, he is freaking nasty, bro. Nasty, dude. Uh, dude, he, and he's such a good guy too, man. And then that crew of Mike John, he's such a good coach. Matter of fact, he coached against me at Combat Worlds before I was a Tempe guy. And, uh, <laughs> but I like everything he was saying, you know? And, uh, and ever since then, I've been doing like one-on-ones with him with his leg locks, his guillotine. Everybody knows, uh, Mike John's guillotine is nasty. So, uh, definitely learning from him, man. Uh, for sure. So yeah, man. Yeah, it's been great. It's been solid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, help me get ready for who's number one. All right. I'm going to text your opponent and say, not just guillotines, reverse guillotines. <laughs> Mike John is one of the first people that I've seen pull off a pro wrestling move called the Dragon Sleeper in competition. And I hit him up afterwards and I was like, you know, dude, I always like to roast you, but that was legit the coolest thing you've ever done. And uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you better be afraid. I was like, not really, dude. I have a giant head. This is, I'm good. Like this, this next strength is quite good. Uh, your goon strength is very good. So for today you get a, a nice pass, but yeah, of course. And I mean, dude, Keith's getting, you know, he started as this dude who didn't think he was strong. And now dude, he's getting all swollen shit. And I go, bro, bro, he's strong as fuck, dude. Like, uh, like his grips and everything. And it seems like. Every time you grapple a hold of him, like he has an isolation on something, yeah. right? Like he's constantly staying in contact with you, you know, and he's not scared, dude. He even tried to, he shot a couple of takedowns on me and just so he can pull himself closer. Like he's very crafty. He's very good. Um, dude, I'm like, this is why this dude went to ADCC. This is why, uh, this is why he faced Baby Shark for the title and who's number one. Like, he's fucking solid, dude. He's such such a good dude. High-level guy. Well, it's also, you know, you would think sometimes when you have somebody like you who has a good wrestling background that maybe they're going to pull guard. But Keith's in the middle of an ADCC season, so he's now starting to amp up like, yeah, it's a necessary thing that we got to be able to do. And uh, you could tell, I was like, dude, he was, he was close on East Coast Trials, and I just told people, I was like, anybody who's training with him right now, is uh, it's in for something, because that guy wants to earn his ticket again. So, very excited to see what comes up next for him. But coming up next for you, this is this Thursday. You're already in Austin right now. How did this match come together, and how did you find yourself on this particularly loaded Who's Number One card? Well, dude... Um... It's no secret that a lot of my uh, stuff in combat history, I have been on the biggest stack cards ever, right? It was first was Bellator 131, and that sold records on Spike TV. And then it was Bellator with, I think it was at the Forum with Fedor. Uh, 
that sold a lot of records. And then I did Glory Kickboxing at LA with Joe Schilling, Tiffany Van Seuss, uh, man, dude, uh, a lot of world champions, dude. And then now who's number one, one of the biggest stack cards in history. So like I, uh, bro, I have a great fan base <laughs> and I can sell out arenas for a reason. And, uh, it's not just, uh, obviously it's who i am man i have a good message i have a good role model uh i have a lot of big fans that are kids uh what i do in the community of where i came from of uh homeless shelter and giving back uh like i have a huge fan base like that but i also put asses in seats just because like i'm a fighter's fighter bro if anybody ever seen me fight before i always move forward i don't move backwards uh i shoot i fire and let it fly and i shoot to shoot don't care about results. I always put on a show. Every time I'm on, people always tune in. People know they're going to get a scrap regardless. And uh, yeah, and fighters like that, I learned from the very beginning, never die, man. I'm, I, Even though I'm, yeah, well, 34 now, I'm a vet now. But um, when I was coming up, man, it was the Donna Cerrone's, it was Diego Sanchez's, it was that. I was coming up like that, you know, and I came up through, like, uh, you know, Pat Militage system, absolute martial arts with Keith, like uh, Robbie Lawler, all those guys. I was always moving forward, always banging in. That's my grappling. That's my wrestling style too, man. So it's uh, for me to make the card even more stacked, uh, Flo thought it'd be a great idea to add me on, to put a huge bang on, on this loaded stack card to end the year. And I agree. So, man, dude, so I'm pretty stoked, man. That's awesome, man. And one thing that I do kind of want to bring up here because it does occasionally throw me off. And I, I think you'll be able to see this in, in your vision, in, in your screen. But it, it does take a minute whenever I'm seeing these cards get put together. And I'll see something like this. And I go, okay. So when I'm looking at this photo here, there's you. And obviously you can tell who the main grappler grappler is. Because in terms of this, you look like you're about to fight the dude. And I, I always go like, dude, there's always the photo that we have of the dude with the gloves on, the no shirt, and then like the the grappler being like, yo, I don't, you don't know what to do, like, hey. So, no disrespect to your opponent, it's just, it's it's a mix mash of like promotional okay, photos that happen. Also too, like, I'm, I'm a true martial artist, dude, like everybody knows like I was a wrestler at heart always like even collegiately and then i got into jiu-jitsu first then i got into kickboxing then i got into mma but i got into mma because there was no money in grappling bro i was winning all the nagas i was winning the world of the nagas and doing all that stuff and like it was i think there was only adcc there was no flow grappling at the time so like but i totally get it but the game of the industry is for each fight ufc bellator um PFL fans don't know they take the, always the previous photo of the photo shoot to uh, always add on for the future fight cards and future bouts, which means like I, this ain't the last time you're gonna see me on who's number one. So I have a always at weigh-ins or day before we talked about remember we talked about media days always day before weigh-ins right, um, but photo shoots are always day before weigh-ins because I mean. A lot of people are sucked out. Maybe they might look the better or whatever. So, Flo, I'll take my rash guard photo shoot finally. 
and you're finally okay, seeing okay. me in a rash guard on a goddamn fucking poster. I'm just saying, listen, blood. dude. Okay, okay, you guys. It takes okay, a second guys. for me whenever but I see it, that. But it's not my fault. You act like I put up the poster. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's a good photo. I would use it too. Oh, I'm just saying. I had a, I had a, uh, I had a, I had a, I had a rash guard photo for Combat Worlds, and I didn't like it. It was like it was because of my hairstyle back then. It was because of my fucking hairstyle. I had braids back then, and like I was like, man, they gotta. So this photo will be hot because I got my hair back, you know, and like you know, you'll see me in those. You see me in those rash guard photos for, for all the grappling fans out there. You be fun. You're gonna you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. It's fine. I'm just letting you know when you have this pose. It's like you know when you slap bump and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I have yeah. that look, and this has happened. I think even with Cody Steele. Where I go, I don't trust you. I don't know if this is going to work. I think you might try and punch me. I see that photo. I, listen, I don't know you in person, but I see that photo and I think, I don't know if I trust you. I think I might get punched. So I'm I just trying For to make sure that we keep things non-combat because you're just like, hey, man, what if something slips and you forget? You're like, I thought this was combat jiu-jitsu. Oh, oops, sorry. I didn't mean to palm you. I'm just looking no, out that's for the well-being. Right? I'm like, nah, she's gonna, she's like, oh. oh, okay, well, we'll still be there, you know, uh, but yeah, it's not combat. Like, <laughs> well, I think you'll be okay. I just wanted to bring this up. I don't know if you're covering your microphone real quick, but you did get a little bit quieter. Oh, okay. Oh, we're good. We're Better. good. All right. Yeah, but it's not combat jiu-jitsu. It's just regular grappling. Nothing's going to slip. Even though sometimes when I do get frustrated, I'm like, man, maybe I should just hit this person right now. That's why. That's how I got into MMA. That's how. That's how they tricked me getting into jiu-jitsu. Like it was like me gonna go coach wrestling. Uh, they needed a wrestling coach. I go in there, I learned a little jiu-jitsu, and they're like, I'm like, what's jiu-jitsu? They're like, bro, you ever been frustrated from wrestling sometimes, and you just want to choke somebody out sometimes? And I'm like, yeah, that's what you can do in jiu-jitsu. I'm like, oh. That sounds dope. Let me do jujitsu, and then I started choking people out. Well, I was getting choked out a lot at first. That's how the process goes, right? And then I started choking people out, and then how they got me in MMA. I was like, man, this choking stuff is cool. They're like, wouldn't be cool if you just hit somebody when you get frustrated when you can't do stuff in jujitsu. That's what you can do in MMA. And then I switched over to that. So yeah. So do, yeah. when was your first, let's start with that. When was your first jiu-jitsu class? Like how far back are we going on that? I was 20. I'm 34 now. You don't look it, so congratulations. When I tell people I Thank started you. 10, 12 years ago that. or something, they're like, oh my God, was that the, the 90s? No, 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 dude. <laughs> no, that's not how that works for me. Thank you, I appreciate. I appreciate that. <laughs> But when that happens, people forget I'm a vet, dude. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm over a. De- I've been doing this for over a decade, bro. People forget, and they're like, "Oh, like no, you're like 25, 26. I'm 34 with a kid." You still look good, dude. Here's the one thing I'll say about myself, <laughs> which is, I looked like I was 40 when I was eight, and I've just grown into it since. So. When people are like, wow, Raph, you haven't changed. I'm like, I don't really change too much. This look is exactly how I've looked <laughs> since I was a child. You know, I essentially were had a briefcase. Were you the Were you the boy? Was you like the guy in the group that bought alcohol for everybody and cigarettes? Worse. 
Um, so when people go to Vegas, I love, I love Vegas, bro. Uh, so much. But when I was a kid, my parents would basically give me 40 bucks and be like, all right, just, uh, have fun. They'd go gamble. I'd wait for 10 minutes. And then I taught myself how to gamble in Vegas. So I basically would play machines. I went to sports books and I dressed how I thought an older person would dress. So it looks comical, but nobody ever carded me. Meanwhile, my aunt would like take me around the casino and I'd be like, you need to move me. I can't stay here because I'm hanging out with her. I'm I'm a target. Uh, Dude, I was like eight. And really when I was gambling, it was probably about 10 or 13, 10 or 13. It was gambling. And so it got to the point where I was teaching my friends how to gamble when I was a kid. So anytime like my aunts or uncles didn't know how to play poker, I was like, oh, come here. I got it for you. And they're like, why are you teaching us craps now? And I was like, well, one necessitates the other. You got to start learning how to get the different games. So that's why now if I go to Vegas, I'm so much more relaxed. Like I'm a compulsive gambler (laughs) at heart because I always want to know what the odds are. So if you have a match and somebody says like, all right, Raph, what are the odds between you and Ian? I'd be like, well, I don't know, but what are the odds? Uh, What are you guys betting here? What are you guys thinking? I would say not good on takedown. So give him a plus on that. You know, and I would tell people like, that's how it goes. And people would be like, you want to bet on it? I was like, nah, I just want to know. Thanks though. That was fun. So it's always in my brain and I have learned to control it well. And it works well because I have a wife now who, uh, Friday, she hits me up and she's like, you want to do something fun? I was like, sure. She was like, let's go to casino. And I was like, bam, legitimately, that's what we're going to do. Like you said, you want to do something fun. And now we're in the car heading toward an Indian casino. Sure. So hell yeah, dude, I'm very lucky in that respect. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's my, my curse was that when I was a kid, I just looked old and then I just started going. And then especially when you get that Latino, like little facial hair right here. Oh dude, this little thin mustache. Ooh, it grew in real nice. My Cholo era was a very good one. (laughs) Oh bro, dude, dude, that's crazy. No, I'm, I always had a baby face, bro. I always looked young. I can never, I always had to have people buy stuff for me. So that's good. And you know what? I appreciate that because it means things will age well for you going older. And uh, I guess the nice part is, you know, people don't think about that. But I I was telling somebody recently, they're like, oh, yeah, my face is still looking good from all the punching and all the the boxing that we'll do. And I'm like, hold on to that for as long as possible, dude. It's not a guarantee. For sure. Dude, I think definitely. uh, Have you ever looked back on old fighters? I mean, they're definitely getting older, right? But have you looked back on old fighters' faces after taking damage? from a period to a long time, like the Fedors and, and stuff like that, like the wear and tear that punches can do to you. Yep. Like in a fight. Oh, dude. Like yeah. it's, it, it doesn't look good at all. <laughs> no, no. And you know what? There's a reason why when my friends are, you know, we have a very mixed amount of friends who do MMA, all this sort of stuff. And a lot of our friends are now doing, uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing and I'll literally look at them and be like no this is good this is I need to keep this I appear on internet television I need to look a certain way y'all can do whatever you want but when <laughs> I have a black eye and I'm interviewing guests like you people go I have questions and I go you know what the answer is I did not do well 
Uh, uh, somebody dude, actually just put it in the comment section right here. Uh, what's up, Tiago? It says, take Wanderlei Silva and compare before and after. No, thank you. I'd rather not. That's what uh, I'm saying. No, but he had facial surgery. Yeah. Right. He had facial surgery for a fucking reason, dude. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, uh, I forgot about Vandalay. He doesn't have a, his gym's not there anymore in, uh, in Vegas. I don't, yeah. I wonder what the hell he's doing. That's a great question, man. And maybe, do you think he went back to Brazil or something or something to that effect? Cause, I I thought that same thing where I was like, bro, I don't, I haven't heard from it. And I remember, dude, back in the day in Vegas, I used to make a list. So we just came from Vegas a few weeks ago and uh, I was hitting up certain gyms and I was like, yo, I remembered it used to be there. And I don't know what it was replaced with, but I want to say there's like, dude, there's so many gyms out in Vegas now. So. so there's a guy that, right. Who was the guy I trained with that just made the UFC that Chase was training? Uh he was on the Contender Series. He won. Uh, Josh. No, what's his name? Is it Josh? No, I have him on Instagram. But he was one of Vanellay's students. Mm. And he's a black belt. And it shut down. And it pretty much got renamed a different gym. But all the old students and some of the employees from Vanellay still got kept on. Mm. So it just literally just got replaced so i think he sold out he sold the business yeah and the name changed and i think that's what happened but vandalay pers personally himself i don't know bro yeah that's a good question because for me uh i'm at a space now where i always think of things where i go you know i remember that gym being there before the pandemic and i can't pretend like things were a plus oh that entire it was time. pandemic it was pandemic. It was still there even before, like a little bit before the pandemic. I, I'm not sure. But what I'm saying is that's what I start thinking is I'm like, dude, any gym to exist after that kind of hit to a business, you think to yourself, all right, yeah, it's been a while since I've been here. Cause I think the last time I was in Vegas was about three and a half years ago. And I'm a guy that goes usually quarterly. Now it's usually with the wife. We go twice a year or something. So I had a whole bunch of people who've been hitting me go up more, dude. What about Worlds? What about IBJJF Worlds and ADCC uh, and everything? No, no, bro. You know what it is. Here's <laughs> I, I, I think you've got this game a little mixed up. I think you think that we make money uh, going to cover this stuff. Uh, I do very well when stuff comes to me. So when stuff is at Long Beach, like, dude, I'll probably be at the ADCC Open in January. But normally for ADCC itself, we do a fight companion. So uh, we actually do like a live video. We do a whole production for that. So sometimes people come to the hood and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm not going to be there. And they're like, yo, I'd rather I'll see you there. And I go, mm, nope, you won't. But if you want to grab lunch, maybe a day or two before or after, I'm A+. plus. So uh, yeah, dude, I, I stay busy. But dude, whenever the IBJJF is out at Long Beach or... Sometimes Irvine, but now Irvine's the whole thing. It's just like, dude, yeah. trying to get credential for that. Sometimes it's a pain in the ass. And I just tell people, I'm like, if you want coverage, we're happy to do coverage. But I'm not a fan of the dicking around process. So I just for go. Sure, dude. Having said that, I just saw that uh, Medusa is coming here. And yeah. 
whenever EBI and combat was at the Orpheum, well, combat wasn't at the Orpheum, but anytime they had events out here, I covered them. So during the pandemic, I got somebody who hit me up and they're like, yo, Raph, I used to love your interviews at EBI with like Gary and Gordon. They go, what happened? I'm like, they stopped coming here. They went to Mexico. And if y'all want to pay for me to go to Mexico, I will happily go cover them. Hey, Thus, hey, hey, we call, interview people that here. Call, that call I got from Eddie Bravo to go to Cancun mm. and like go to Fire de Con, bro, you uh, you haven't experienced jiu-jitsu like that until you go to Mexico, dog. <laughs> what is different about bold. that, in your opinion, for, for that? Or what's the experience like when that happens? Well, dude. That was a dude. Like I said, I continue to put myself on stacked historic cards. I mean, Andrew Tackett. Uh, um, fuck, dude, that card was loaded. I think David from uh, Dave from New Wave was there. Uh, it, it was loaded, and the arena was sold out, bro. But not to mention, dude, the fucking heat in that fucking place in Mexico. Bro, I barely didn't have to fucking warm up, dude. I felt like I walked into a goddamn sauna when I walked into the arena. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, uh, Andrew Tackett was doing breathing exercises. He's like, I don't think I need to warm up. I just need to warm up my lungs, right? Like, it was that hot, but the crowd, bro, the crowd was insane. It was fucking electric. It was dope. It was cool, man. And then, like, hey, man. And then on top of it, bro, I, like, real talk, like, I fight like a Mexican, Bro, I move forward, like, you know, like, from my MMA fights, I'm always fighting my mouthpiece. I'm swinging for the fucking fences, bro. Like, I, I have a Mexican kind of fight kind of heart anyway. The fans love me. Like, you know, so, like, it was, that experience is awesome and amazing. And if you have a chance to go, dude, you need to fucking go. It is dope. A couple things. I think first and foremost... <laughs> I'm glad that you fight like a Mexican because I'm Mexican. I don't even know some days that I fight like a Mexican too. Uh, bro, I think about this all the time where I go, it's not for lack of wanting to go. It's just, if you're a fighter on the card, it makes sense. If you're a dude covering the events, sometimes you're like, I literally paid for what I could just do by saying like, here's a stream link. I'll see you on Tuesday. So I okay. tell people all the time. I get it. ADCC. Look, I'm I'm throwing my hat in the ring and I'm going to West Coast Trials. Okay? So, if I fucking make it, I know some guys that run ADCC. And you're telling me if I can't get you a pass for ADCC, you ain't going to go? Let me tell you a fun story. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, I've put in for credentials and uh, I've conveniently not gotten them. So... I want to make sure that people know this because I I do get this occasionally. I've put in for credentials in the past for ADCC. In fact, I would argue I'm probably the first to put in for interview credentials. And it was at a time where they're like, Ooh, we have too many photographers. And I was like, great. I just want to do interviews. I do photography usually, but my main thing is doing interviews like this. And, uh, I had sent the note and Mo was like, no, Flo does a great job interviewing people. We don't need anybody else. So it it goes within sometimes Flo, I think from their interpretation, especially IBJJF, they would say, hey, we we do the exclusive interviews. We don't want you to do interviews. And I said, that doesn't make sense because in other sports, it's not just NBC that broadcasts the Super Bowl. 
and just talks to the they athletes. Were they were never survive, and that's and this is the reason why. Look, man, I'm like I said, dude. I'm. This is a long rant to get to your point of supporting your point, but I'm fucking thirty four. I don't know how much longer I have, but in a quick short minute, I have made a huge impact on the jiu-jitsu scene and became one of the rising stars, bro. On this flow card, it's pretty much me and Gordon Ryan that was getting promoted, right? Jiu-jitsu needs fucking stars, right? Also came from the world of MMA. I've also been a high-level athlete since I was like five, bro. Been wrestling since I was five. Like the fort, the sport cannot fucking grow if you screw it down to one person, dude. At Bellator, dude, I get, dude, Bellator PR people, like, yo, Ian's a star, Ian can talk, he's marketable. Yo, Ian, you need to talk to Ara Hawani. Hey, Ian, you need to talk to ESPN. Hey, you have to go talk to LA Times. You have to go talk to there. Now, if we love this sport, the only thing I'm trying to do is grow, like, use my name to grow the sport because I love it so much, right? And then, like, I coach kids, right? Like, it's, it's for us to make a bigger impact, right? We need multiple stars in the sport. And for us to have multiple stars and for us to get paid like a real professional sport, you need to have multiple media outlets out there so it can fucking grow. I would agree with that. And I'm open to doing it. The issue I ran into is in addition to that, my name got thrown around to do play-by-play commentary. And I do that. So I was like, yeah, of course I'd do it. They sent me a note, flows. I have an email. They sent me a rate. They said, How about this? And I go, You know what? Sounds great. You're in Orange County. Uh, that year, I said, I'll definitely do it. And then I messaged a friend who was on the commentary team and I was like, Yo, dude, I'm looking forward to working with you. And then 48, 36 hours later, I got a note being like, Oops, sorry, we messed up. We jumped the gun. You're not on the team. And I said, Oh, well, that note came from somebody. So they had gone from sending me a note to do play-by-play. Maybe it hadn't gone all the way through, but I definitely had emails from people at Flow saying you were going to be part of the team. And to me, I just go, you know what? I think that might mean some people may have a problem with me. And at that point, it's not worth exploring it. But I had definitely put in for credentials, and I had definitely gotten those emails. What and, you do, bro? Um, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I think we have a very, I could make a number of guesses as to what it could or could not be, but I would tell you this. I think there's a weird ecosystem that happens in our sport where they will mistake constructive criticism for being a hater. And it's very strange because I'm like, yo, I'm very honest about, I think from a TV production side, maybe work on these things or maybe work on these things. That's a possibility. The other possibility is they might not like me. And at which point you just kind of go like, you know what? Good luck to you guys. We'll do our fight companions. And we've been doing fight companions for a good while now. And they do very well for us. But uh, I don't know. I guess that's a good thing. So I will tell you this. All that to say, it's not for lack of trying. And it's definitely not for lack of putting in. But at that point I said, you know, if we need to go do our separate things for a little bit, they can do their thing. I'll do my thing. But I still watch it and I still support the shows and I definitely support the athletes. So that's been our sure. thing since then. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Damn. All right. 
but at least you're doing your thing, dude. At least it didn't fucking discourage you from not to be like, oh, fuck it. Like, you know no. what I'm saying? And you I think the weird part is people, people forget this. I, I work in entertainment, so people assume that you always have to like everybody you work with in entertainment. It's like, no, this is the best ecosystem where you learn. Not everybody gets along. The difference is, can people act professional? So I don't need people to love me. I just know how to act professional when I appear on a set or I work on a show. And, you know, if people have issues with that. That's perfectly fine. But it's never been uh, for a lack of professionalism in terms of reporting or covering people. So I've just learned to just do my thing. And we, hilariously, when uh, we were told that Flo would interview all of the people at that particular ADCC, they didn't really give airtime more than maybe two minutes or three minutes to anybody who wasn't one of their favorites. And we had interviews with all seven of the winners before they had done even that up. So I'm like, well, they definitely wanted to talk and nobody else was covering it. So now they have a couple people who come and do it, but we were there first. So that's why I like to just Damn. remind people. I'm like, yo, I definitely want to see people do well and, and do all that sort of stuff, but We'll see. I'm I'm always open to it, but I also don't pretend like it didn't happen. So, Ian, I want to go ahead and uh, kind of restructure this. We were talking a little bit about your history. I'd like to go back, though. You said okay. something in terms of when you were starting to train. But I always like to ask people when they fell in love with jiu-jitsu. So, for you, when does it become something that's more than just something you're doing as a hobby? Because you're not short on things you could have been doing. But what made you start to love jiu-jitsu specifically man the, um honestly it's just the it, it puts you in a space uh, it puts you in a space of just constantly like improving yourself to be honest man like it's just and it's never ending bro like i i feel like me being a martial artist like learning boxing bro like how many jabs, how many crosses, how many hooks, how many uppercuts can you throw, right? Like you can, I mean, trust me, you can mix up combinations, but like it's not that much else you can do, you know? Uh, set traps, maybe footwork. Jiu-Jitsu is never ending, dude. Um, dude. And it's keep on evolving, right? And it's constantly these metal games, right? Like first it was like inside guard, like, oh, and then... Then it was passing, then it was taking the back, and then it was EBI rules, and then it was like heel hook games, stuff like that. It's never ending, bro. And then and it, constantly, it constantly puts me in a great space of just like, man, I constantly get better every single day, dude. And I that's what I love. And that's what I fell in love with it too, dude. Like, And it's just at the end of the day, like I honestly felt that, I mean, wrestling's one of them. Um, but I mean, there's no, you're not really getting paid in wrestling unless you want to do the Olympics, but I don't want to do the Olympics. So mm. like being, pro, and I still want to be a pro. I don't know, uh, like um, keep on doing MMA at 34. Like I have a kid and stuff like that. So doing pro jujitsu, it's amazing. And that was like one of my first love, man. I've always been a grappler at heart, dude. And uh, jujitsu just like, it, it keeps you on that learning curve, even at uh, the age of 34, going on 40, right, and stuff like that. And I think it's really cool that they have master divisions and uh, people are still competing at that age and staying healthy and just getting after it, man. And, and it's just uh, 
and it has a lot of good life lessons man too so like that's like yeah dude i i fell in love with it for a very like when i first when i first started bro like uh traveling the country trying to go to these naga tournaments trying to go to these fuji tournaments uh trying to go to dream doing all these stuff man that i really just loved uh yeah man and i and i still love the game now dude that's why you see me competing I would like to ask this because we've seen you compete in so many different formats and styles. Do you have a particular grappling match that you are either most proud of or that has been the most memorable to you so far? Um, dude, um, I did the Midwest Championships for Nagas the first time they came to St. Louis. I ended up winning the title because I lost my amateur fighting MMA title to this guy. I can't remember his name. I don't even think he went pro, but at the time I lost, dude. And lo like uh, losing that title was everything to me at that time, right? Um, and I was really upset. He ended up ending, like, uh, I ended up hurting my knee and, and tore my meniscus. And uh, everybody's getting, uh, Everybody's getting ready for this Naga tournament. That's all come for the first time coming to St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, and uh, it was stacked and loaded. And everybody's like, Ian, you should do it. And then just so happened my knee felt good that day. Um, jumped on in, didn't care where I weighed. Um, dude, I ran through and I saw my opponent that won, that beat me for the title in the semifinals. And then... End up taking them out, bro, and end up winning the whole thing. And uh, that that moment was uh, felt really good for me, man. Too uh, my last Bellator fight felt really good for me too, uh, just because Bellator is probably no more anymore. PFL bottom. Um, yeah, man, it's it's been on a good road lately too. But like that one when I first started, in particularly uh, because I took an L, man, and. Uh, Especially coaching kids, like they take losses, like it's the end all be all, but it's not, man. Especially in grappling, dude. I think that's why I love grappling so much out of all the formats, bro. Cause like grappling wins and losses means fucking shit, bro. It's not like boxing. Boxing, you take a loss early in your career, you're crucified. Good luck trying to win a title. Good luck trying to come up. Grappling don't mean shit, dude. I came back, I bounced back and uh, faced the adversity, end up beating them and end up winning the title. So that one in particular was like, it's a great memory for me. I just always laugh. Cause I think to myself, sometimes you see boxing is in the shape it is in because of that model where you go, Oh, Nope. That loss. This is a bum. Look at this guy. And you go, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then you tell people you're like, Oh man, if Floyd gets one loss, look at that. It's going to ruin him. And I go, I, this is so how ridiculous to me. Wow. And then like, that's why you like get the exhibitions like, and you get these dumb exhibitions where you go like, so it's going to be Floyd versus the Kool-Aid man, New Year's Eve. <laughs> cool. All right. I guess I'll watch that. And then when people see that we're contingent on the Paul brothers and you go like, well, they're, they're boxing. And I go, no, they just, the outlier shifted and now it's the mainstream. So now it's like, yeah. we're, we're so contingent on them talking shit about somebody where you go like yeah people are talking about him versus Dennis as a real thing and i go okay 
and you guys are surprised this fight was shit. Okay. And shit. Shit. Total shit. Exhibition match. But you guys want to talk about that. Like, those wins and losses meant fucking everything, right? Like, like, does really, in your eyes, because I love Ben Askren, man. He's a wrestler. He's from Missouri. I'm from Missouri. Like, do you really think that Jake Paul's win over Ben Askren is a huge asterisk in his fucking boxing career? And do you think because Ben got knocked out, who was like an NCAA champion and Olympian, like that loss mean a lot to him? It didn't. Like it didn't at all. Like, you know, but it's, I don't know, man. I don't know where the fuck boxing is going right now with these super fights and shit like that. But like, I don't know. I, I kind of love them. I kind of do. I like them because at least on the MMA side, at least we're getting paid off of it, right? Like Connor really made like his huge uh, millions off that Floyd fight, bro. It wasn't off the UFC. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he made a lot of money from the UFC, but let's be real. It was that Floyd fight that made him like uh, yep. pretty much like, like future generations, like money, like, you know, so yeah. I think they've recently started going over disclosures for how much fighters were making. So they were recently saying that people like Dustin Poirier or even Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz, I think they were alleging on his 20th fight in the UFC, still at a four and four contract or something to that effect, what? like a 20 and 20. I think he had a 2020 contract. So 20 to show, 20 to fight. And you think about if that was the case for somebody who had been in the UFC that long to have that sort of a deal, they'll gladly pay you as little as possible, even if you're good for the company. And you realize the minute that they start plugging these numbers at Nate Diaz, and it seems like, dude, he's tossing away 15 million. It's like, no, now he knows he sells. And mm -hmm. he's going to play that market. And so that's why we're like, if somebody goes, hey, uh, Nate Diaz, 15 million's on the table. No big deal. If you see him go like, no, nah, you guys are stupid. I ain't going to pay. You guys are. <laughs> be like, bro, I agree with you. Get 25 if you can. Because guess what? If you could inch out that extra money, I'm not mad at you. So I'm I'm on team like get paid, bro. So if this gets you guys some extra uh, money in the pocket, that's great. I think the only thing that's weird about it is the fact that they selectively pick these retired MMA fighters because they figure, well, why not? And we're starting to get some current people in there. I think trying to implement Woodley and and do that sort of a thing. I go, but it's a matter of time before they start getting surprised by some of these guys that grew up with a little bit more of we do everything like if you look yep. at somebody like the Rotolos, i go yo those guys don't have hands yet but they've got the willingness and the athleticism let them cook wow. like and give them some time i don't know why i i know they can wrestle because they wrestled with me dude like over at ruka i was a ruka guy for a very long time dude i know those boys those boys are talented as hell talented dude like they're they're gonna do damage, bro. They're gonna do damage. And you think I'm gonna skip over that Nate Diaz fucking impression, voice impression? That shit was fucking solid. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it is it is uh it is a very, very good trademark. <laughs> 
we've dude, you gotta understand, we've been doing impressions of people because we never thought we'd do interviews. When we first started Verbal Tap, we were like, there's no way we'll ever get anybody. When we first started doing it, and on episode one, I already had a George St. Pierre impression. And when we were doing those things, I'd be like, we gotta do the impressions because we won't get it. We did a video of Connor and Nate having a weigh-in. And the bit was we left the microphone on Nate Diaz. So we amplified that to hear what he was saying. And people in the comment section were like, yo, I can't believe he said that shit. And I go, woo. All right. That did very well for us. So, uh, we, we always have entertained it and, uh, we've gotten some feedback here and there, but I think people by and large like it. Uh, we did get one training partner that was like, yo, it's disrespectful. And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm not really disrespectful with it. <laughs> I think you want to check your boy. I think he might sound like that. I think I'm not exaggerating, my man. So uh, it, it comes and it goes. Uh, in case you ever wonder why people don't like me for any reason, they might be like, mm, that impression's too good. Fuck Raph. All right. Here you go, my man. Uh, but again... We love Nate, and I hope that he gets his money. I want to ask this because you keep mentioning 34. You keep, keep, keep mentioning it. And I can't help but figure this out. As somebody who's older than 34, to put it bluntly, I work in a wrestling class with the guys who are not 34, who are not even sometimes 26. These dudes have energy for days. But trying to learn wrestling way late seems almost like a foregone conclusion. It's not going to happen. What is your best advice for those people who at least try to implement some wrestling but are older because you mentioned you're 34, but I bet you don't shoot like you're 34. So what is your best advice or way that you work with those folks where you're like, yo, dude, I don't (laughs) No, I don't. Well, and we also have, I also have an adult wrestling class at my gym too. So like, um, honestly, dude, it's just like, uh, it's honestly... I think the best way to go about it is to maybe start like a little bit of more Greco than anything. Because if there's a guy that pulls guard and you have like a shoulder crunch tie or a collar tie on bottom, it's almost the same thing as standing up to your feet. So start with two on one, start with underhooks, then start going to shooting off your knees and make sure you don't like just like jujitsu. Do not stay on your knees. Do not, please, for the fucking love of God, do not stay on your knees. Fucking drive up. Just come up. Just come up. And just take those basics and that's all you need, dude. But besides that, wrestling is hard. It's a fast pace. It's gritty. Um, But I also feel like if you're competing, um, everybody say jiu-jitsu guys are soft, stuff like that. Not the high-level guys because they're competing at a high pace, so... Um, if you're competing and you have a high pace, you should definitely do wrestling for sure. Uh, make sure you have good hand fighting. Um, don't stay on your fucking knees, dog. That's it. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what I've implemented is we got a homie now at the gym, uh, a, a solid D1 wrestler, and we've kind of had a good exchange where I'm like, hey, man, I'll help you with the jiu-jitsu side. You can help me with this side. And I always tell him, you know, there was like one competition I went out and did. And he was like, how'd it go? And I was like, not good for you. Everything else was fine. The wrestling side, we got nothing to report home on. And he was like, oh, okay. And I just go, it's not your fault. It's me. I go, this should not blemish any of your record. And he just laughs. And like, he, he comes over and he looks at it. He's like, you know what? You did stuff this takedown. I was like, good enough. That's what we're going to go with. 
And so uh, <laughs> we we have a lot of good laughs about it. But I liked that one time he just goes, how'd it go? And I was like, um, hmm, for your department, could have been better. Could have been better. And then he'll be like, how'd the jiu-jitsu go? I was like, oh, I was great on the jiu-jitsu side. Once we got to the ground, I can at least hang or or handle myself i was like but yeah yeah don't ask for any footage on why is that because you think wrestling takes up a lot of energy on the feet or what no you know what it is is what i have found from my experience is i always had like a really shitty lower back so like a little bit of strain on it at a certain point makes me start to do uh kind of a cost benefit sort of a thing so it's like it's almost like sometimes when you're rolling in the gym, I'll let literally people pass because I can get to part two before they can get to part three. So like I'll let them do shit where I'll be like, all right, kind of reverse engineer what they're trying to do. But in terms of like wrestling, it's just like, I think what ends up happening with most of us and especially people who I feel are, are my level is you almost do this forehead push that just wastes time. There was one match in particular I had where it was just us forehead wrestling. And it was a dude who had a larger, like, dude was maybe about 6'2". I'm not 6'2". I'm about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, so okay. I was literally just trying to drag him down. I looked at the footage and I go, this is the most boring match I've ever seen. Like, this is this is really garbage. So, you know, the reason why like I had to, to do that is... Rule? What's that? Do you like the get down rule? Um, hmm. I'm not sure. Because I think the weird part about the get down rule is I think it's supposed to encourage action and I'm good mm-hmm. with that. In terms of how it's implemented in combat, I think we're so dumb at jiu-jitsu sometimes we forget we can strike. So the get down rule in theory is good and it's supposed to get you closer to the strikes. But then you get a lot right. of these jiu-jitsu nerds who are like, oh, right. Th- you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> And they stand right back up and we go, ah, shit, we're starting right back over. So I I think it's just, I think you're seeing the beginnings of it in our world. And I think over time, you're going to see people utilize that skill a little bit more uh, and more. But by and large, my biggest qualm for combat jujitsu at the very beginning was, I hope it doesn't expose grapplers as not having good hands and... I think we're starting to see more and people understanding like, oh, okay, cool. Because I will say, now you see grapplers when they realize they have a hand and they have that like movie moment where they start looking at it like, I have power in this. I can hit you in the face. (laughs) And Keith was one of those people where 100% in one of his combat matches, I was like, oh no, the child has figured out what to do with his hands. Yeah, bro. So pluses and minuses all around. Um, but I appreciate that. Thank you for, uh, giving that on over this way. I want to ask a couple more questions here, but I guess one thing I noticed is you've also started a podcast yourself on wrestling. What has that experience been like? And, and what have you guys found? Because, you know, as somebody who's been doing this for a bit, I know it can be fun and I know that having a partner can even be more fun in doing it. But what have you guys found in your time uh, of doing this show together? Dude, it's been so great. Um, dude, yeah. First Shot Podcast, me and my boy Chase Pammy. Chase uh, owns a club called Gold Rush. He pretty much has the best club in Nevada. I have one of the best clubs in California. And 
we always were seeing each other at a tournament. And our kids are always facing each other at these national tournaments, man. <laughs> and <laughs> like, it's, it's always a good thing because we always see each other. And when we travel, they're like, oh, Ian, what's up? Like, we are literally like brothers, bro. And it's amazing, you know? Um, and uh, it is great. Uh, and bro, we do this podcast a lot and uh, we bring a lot of kids on that kind of want hype, like, you know? that uh, a lot of people don't know about. Because the one thing that, I mean, I am a martial artist, uh, but I own a wrestling gym. Out of all the martial arts, wrestling was my base, right? At the end of the day, I'm getting kids into college, right? And so the podcast is to highlight not only what we are doing in our coaching lives, uh, of training all these kids, taking wins and losses, going to these big national tournaments, because. We're both national team coaches. I'm the national team coach for California. He's a national team coach for Nevada. Having these kids win their dreams and win or lose, trying to get these scholarships that can change their lives. But also some of the kids are not in the in the top rankings. Um, having them on the show and, and putting them out there so these colleges can see is huge, man. So like it's uh we're having fun with it. It's it's uh it's wrestling season now, which is really hard to do because like we're at all these tournaments and stuff like that, but we're staying consistent. We're getting it out there and it's really fun, man. And it uh, really opened up my eyes to all these other kids across the country from like states uh, or the Arkansas state champ or people you haven't heard of to try to get them out there as well. So are you guys ever bringing up the fact that your kids are having matches with each other? Because I can't help but wonder if I'm your child in the future and there's this living document of my dad talking about me that I hear in about 10, 15 years. There's like, dad, why are you putting me on blast? This literally goes out to people. What were you doing that for? <laughs> okay. So not our own personal kids, but our kids from our club. I understand that. <laughs> but that means those kids are going to get out sooner still, and be able to listen to it. Because guess what, like, man? But Those still, kids. Okay, so it's not like they don't know what the had, internet is. We had we had like one. It's that like it, it's funny as hell. So I had my kid Ricky Villasenor. He's like one of the top kids in California, man. Um, and it's just it's during the pandemic, bro. And our kids still had to wrestle, so we're still going to Iowa. We're going to places that states are just staying open and wrestling. We went to Arizona at Bullhead and. Uh, we have won numerous team titles, you know, um, Rocky Mountain, uh, D-Day is one of the biggest ones. Uh, and we just took third at Freak Show, which is one of the biggest ones, you know, and Chase wins a lot of team titles too. And then I remember going to Bullhead and we're like, dude, we're going to win the state title. And then uh, I'm like, dude, we're going to win the team title. We're going to win the team title. Ricky's excited. Ricky ended up taking a close loss to Aiden and Ricky has now, they've been going back and forth. I think Ricky might be up by one, but Aiden's such a good kid because Chase Hilson. And I remember driving back, I'm like, where's the team score? And I believe we took like third or second. And then he goes like, yeah. I was like, who we lost? He like, we lost the gold rush, which is Chase. And then I know Ricky popped off in the car. I never heard Ricky cuss at all or anything, but he goes like, they had fucking 80 fucking kids there. 80 fucking kids there. 
of course they won the fucking team title. We only brought 20 kids. 20 kids. And only a couple of us with double bracket. Who the fuck brings 80 kids? Of course, just give them the, title, the team title. He just went off, bro, in the car. And we laugh at that story all the time, bro. <laughs> Me and Chase. So it's a cool dynamic, man. I'm podcasting with my best friends. Um, we're both business owners. We both owned clubs. Uh, we both, me and him actually own several locations and wrestling clubs too. So we're doing a lot of good things, man. So it's cool. I'm glad to hear that, man. And here's the good news. As somebody who makes jokes, I would <laughs> rather it be to one of the jujitsu teams or clubs that one of my boys owns rather than some stranger, because at least I can go up to him and be like, hey, man, he might have learned that kind of competition from somebody. And I want to say I'm proud of him because the jokes he said were accurate. But I do want to let you know <laughs> that I guess I do kind of feel bad. But he's not wrong. He brought up a very good point. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying he brought is up a, you, so, He brought up he, a very good point. He laughs about it all the time. But it is true. <laughs> I just tell people, I'm like, listen, if you guys ever roast me, at least make it funny. That That's our one rule, which is always, it bro, better be good. we roast each other all the time, bro. We roast each other all the time. There's at Fargo, mm -hmm. the biggest tournament in the in high school tournament in the world. We're coaching, and we do videos when we go up and joke up and run up on each other sometimes, right? So, it's Fargo serious. California's in the lead for a team title. Like, you know. And and Chase has a couple kids that's in the hunt to be all American, and I fucking see them. It's it, and then if people never seen Fargo, it's at the Fargo Dome. If you don't know what that is, it's a huge fucking football field where this tournament is at for two weeks. Okay, kids got to make weight every day. It's a serious tournament, and I see Chase on mat like number six. I'm on mat one, and I'm like I'm gonna sneak up behind him. And I, I, I walked up closely, I sneak up behind him, and he's with this kid, and he's quiet with this kid, and I'm getting ready to fucking touch him, right? And then he goes to his kid, why do you always fucking do that? Are you fucking stupid? Like, why the fuck? It's always the same fucking shit. <laughs> this is why you lose fucking matches. And then I walked right past him, dude. I didn't sneak up on him. I walked right past him. I'm like, oh, well, he's in a serious conversation. Oh, bro, dude. And then we have, and then we have, and then we had the uh, Virginia Beach, bro. Virginia Beach. That was another good one when I saw him with all his kids. Mm. And uh, and my kid Kai took a picture of them, and he posted it. And he's like, "This is Chase." He goes, "Coach, this is Chase with his kids right now. It ain't a good thing for them." I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then Chase calls me that night. He's like, "Dude, fuck these kids, bro. <laughs> fuck these kids, bro." I'm like, "What? What the fuck happened?" And he goes, "Dude, we're at Virginia Beach Nationals." Don't you? We train hard for this. I'm like, yeah, like we train hard too. Like, what the fuck's going on? He goes, we went one and 19. Oh, no. One 
and 19 on day one, bro. How the fuck do we go one? And then I was like, oh, that was the photo that I took. <laughs> <laughs> and i said i'm like hey i was like oh i got a photo of that he's like who the fuck took that photo i'm like yeah i'm like was that the speech you gave him he's like yeah that was it <laughs> so bro we constantly have Every time we travel, and then I have uh, uh, on the podcast, like when we travel, I said we have the, uh, um, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to do like a little video uh, reel and stuff like that. I'm like, he's like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, he's like, hey, what kind of Airbnb you guys have for Iowa? I'm like, oh, no, dude, we have a sick Airbnb. I have a, a top to the morning house. He's like, what the fuck is that, Ian? Top to the morning? I'm like, bro, you never seen like how white people go outside in the picket fence and they have the fucking coffee and they go to the neighbor top in the morning to you. It's a fucking suburban neighborhood. It's a good house. You go get the fuck out of here. I'm like, yeah. So we did a little video and we did the song like waking my way outside. And it's like one of my kids across the streets. I go outside in my coffee cup and I wave and he waves back. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, I have to let you know, you're a much better person than I am because if I 100% had one of my kids snag just randomly a shot on a day with my co-host with 1 in 19, which, by the way, almost is statistically improbable. Like, it's one thing to say we work hard, we're getting there. Yeah, absolutely. You got to think like, yo, 50-50 at least? Like... 10 out of 20 of these kids advance. You're telling me, bro. It's just, dude, I, I did not do. So we equal had almost the same amount. Mm. Our numbers were little. We went four and 12, but still isn't fucking good though. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it was a hard, it's a hard tournament. But he came back and got a couple All-Americans. So did I. But, like, 1 in 19, dog. Like, that's, that's, uh, I mean, fuck, bro. I mean, I mean it's 1 I know 4-12 isn't great, but that percentage point's still better than 119. So, <laughs> I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but I do know math. So, I'm just saying, I, I that would be, like, literally the I mean, theme I brought of that the up. podcast. I mean, I brought that up. I brought that up. I brought that up. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we went one in 19. I was like, oh, we didn't have a good day either. He's like, oh, what happened? You guys went one in 19 too? You guys went one? I'm like, no, we went four and 12. He's like, well, that's fucking better than us. That's why I brought it up. I think the one thing I can tell you is, you know, and, and we all feel this as coaches, there's definitely those days where he goes, where you say, you know, guys, wins, losses don't matter. But today did matter because one out of 19. God damn it, guys. Legit, Like, what are we doing to me, man? Come on. You know what? No, 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 no. Let me get this out, okay? This is therapy. I don't pay for it. So you guys are my therapy. I'm going to let you know. I hold grudges against every one of you. Did nothing we do. No, I'm just it did, it did for me and Chase. It's like you guys are fucking running. You're, you're, wait, wait for practice on Monday. Fucking wait 
for practice on fucking Monday. Like, oh, you guys are here for wrestling? Y'all didn't know y'all joined track? Because you guys are going to be fucking running from here to fucking my... Don't even show up to the airport. You're fucking walking home. I don't want to fucking see you. Fucking go... Get out my face. Get out my fucking face. <laughs> That's how it is, right? Uh, you you know, know those moments. Oh. You know those moments. 100%, dude. And the thing is... is like, <laughs> you know what? I know that we make movies like the mighty ducks and stuff like that, where it's all adorable when they lose and shit like that. But that's when, you know, you're like, no, that's the Disney version of what happens when we lose. You know what happens when bro, we lose? Bro, bro, we talk about, dude, are you, there's only a couple of times we had bad days. We're mostly always on the winning side, but these are the things we joke about on our podcast, bro, about like, <laughs> bro, my stepson, we, bro, his second bracket Dude, that he did. He won his first bracket. Put him in. I'm like, all right, you run your first bracket. But next year, here, because here, I don't know how it is for jujitsu parents, but wrestling parents, bro. Mm. Probably any serious sports parents, but we have a serious club. So wrestling parents, bro. The 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 thing, one of the other pet poos that pisses me off. Like, oh man, dude, like, well, he's about to be eleven next month. I'm like, what the fuck that's supposed to mean? <laughs> It means we're going to go to Tulsa, and we were on top of the bracket at 10U, and now we have to go to 11 or 12, and now we're on the bottom of the bracket. So what are we supposed to do? I'm like, you're supposed to fucking wrestle. Like, that's what you're supposed to fucking do. You're supposed to just fucking wrestle. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. So Robert won his 10U bracket, my son. Dog shit in Trollview. <laughs> Straight dog shit. Dude, 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 what the fuck do you do in 10 you, you do what you did in 10 you that you do in 12 you. What the fuck are you doing? Like, that that Taylor, my wife, is just like, yo, you're just to let you know you're taking him home. Because he ain't fucking riding with me. I don't want to see him. You figure out fucking dinner plans for him. <laughs> I don't want to fucking feed the motherfucker. You take him home. I don't want to see him at all. Okay? That's how it is. I love it. And I have to tell people this. Listen, <laughs> as somebody who has an entire bonus segment that literally is called Roast Raff, where we have people come on, they roast my competition footage. The faster you get to being able to both roast yourself and have a good sense of humor about it, I think the better you kind of see how silly this all is. And bro, what I, I tell people, I, I'm yeah, like, yo, it. there is no better motivator for most athletes than like, yeah, I roast myself. But if your team roasts you, you're going to come back and probably perform a little bit better where you're like, Shit, oh, a thousand percent. Bro, my kids are fucking savages, dude. Dude, I have over a hundred high school kids. You know the shit that they fucking say to each other? <laughs> when it comes to fucking competition? Don't go 0-2 at the tournament because they're going to call you Owen. The whole fucking right. The whole fucking trip. They're going to call... They, 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 they don't miss weight and then try to eat around us. They're like, do your fat ass need to eat food? Like, you fucking... Haven't you ate enough? Like, you know? Like, it's... Bro. Like, they... they, they they're fucking straight savages dude yeah i sometimes straight forget staff. this when i come home and i'll be like you know especially somebody 
who's fighting. And I'll tell my wife, a civilian, I'll be like, yeah, he's fat right now. And she goes, what? And I go, no, 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 not like like regular person fat. You can say this with fighters. He's overweight. Yeah, I know. He's fat. That's just the the quickest way to say it. If you look at the dude, yes, he has abs, but logistically, he's not in his weight class that he signed up for. Thus, fat. And she goes, "All right." And I go, "I get it. It doesn't sound great, but it's the quickest way to get to where we need to be." Or the biggest, or the biggest one that pisses me off the most is if I am getting a little bit bigger, they'd be like, "Damn, dog, you look strong." And I'm like, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> You know what the worst part is? Is that you look at these kids and you go, <laughs> you don't have much of a vocabulary, but you still know the words that hurt. Dude. Dude. I, I know what you mean. Damn, you look strong. Like, I, well, I competed a couple weeks ago and I'm 10, 15 pounds ever. So do the fucking math, bro. <laughs> like, seriously? Damn, you look strong. You ain't fat. You just look strong. This is why it's a much better thing that you work with kids. I have a no kids policy because <laughs> uh, you know what it is. I just I forget that I curse all the time. And parents but at our parents gym do. for our gym owner was like, "Raph's really good with kids," and I'm like, "In short segments, if I'm teaching a class, <laughs> I forget and I immediately like, what the fuck is wrong with you?" And then the parents look at me and I go, "You did this. You brought your child to the adult class. I did not go to the kids class." So they're going to get treated like an adult. And you know what the best part is? Bro. I got I got one dude. I got this one little kid. This kid's maybe, I think he just turned 11, 12, somewhere in there. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey, Coach Raff. And I go, what's up? And he goes, Coach Raff, what do you do? I thought you were retired. And I go, no. Oh, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, I thought that this was just a job you did in retirement. Like... I didn't know you had a job still. And I go, young man, (laughs) I know I am older than you by a large margin, but I think you're a little off on retirement too. I don't think you've heard what happens to people at this day and age where none of us are retiring. Three, you thought that this was some sort of rich hobby that I had that was like, well, it was a good run. Now I just get to coach people at jiu-jitsu. And I go, <laughs> oh, my God. But the, the innocence in which he was like, yo, coach, I was thinking this way. And I go, this kid is like a soul from the 1950s talking like he's in a Martin Scorsese film and looking at me like I'm supposed to be normal. And I go, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? And meanwhile, it's the best question of the world. And when he asked me that, I went home that day and I go, how old do you think I look? And they're like, I don't know. And they start shooting ages. And I go, do I look like I'm retired? And they go, no. And I go, well, my kids think so. So I'm going to hang it up because I'm going to be in Masters 5 now, apparently, according to this child. Oh, uh, hell and, yeah. You can uh, definitely clap some fools there. You can definitely clap some fools there, bro. Like I our- have. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. It's, it's, uh, the parents love me because, I mean, we have a high up. I mean, we don't have hobbyists that come to our gym and wrestle, right? All our kids are in need, and the parents love me because I talk real to them. And, like, I don't say, like, man, some F-bombs come out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Because it's the parents and me saying the same thing, right? Which is cool, you know? But, like, I think, like, one time, Ricky, who I raised as, like, my child, just he wasn't shooting. And I think I went out there, and I was like, bro... I was like, Ricky, they had blood time. I had to stop it. 
and I told him, I was like, look, man, if uh, I know you guys don't have, you don't drink milk to new generation, you have almond milk, right? But back in the day, missing kids used to be on milk cartons. If you don't <laughs> shoot, you're going to end up on an Amber Alert. I swear to God. <laughs> Fucking dude. For the love of God. <laughs> I laugh. I did realize this one day. Or one of the, again, one of the young teenagers did this where he just goes like, hey, that really fucking sucked. And I was like, hey, he goes, what? I go, you don't curse around coach. And he goes, yeah, I go, you can curse with the other coaches, not with me. I don't want that to be on me. And they looked at me and they're like, yeah, they're like, but don't you? And I was like, don't look at me like that. I do what I want. You can't. (laughs) And then this kid just starts laughing. He's like, okay, coach, I won't curse around you. So one day he literally was about to get it. He's like, yeah, so... Dude, I was trying to do this one, this one thing, coach, and I go, mm, good work, good work. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like looking at him. I'm like, when you're an adult, we'll be cool, and you can curse all you want around me. But I'm like, this looks like it's on my track record, and that is not, uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, and then plus, I learned my lesson, man. Like, I don't cuss at all in the corners. I say it to my breath, like, what the mm-hmm. fuck are you doing? Like, because like. You will get deducted points. Yep. If you yell that to refs, you know. So like, I don't, I don't do it at all. But my one kid, Kai. Oh my god, dude! Sometimes like he wrestles. He's in college. He's in Oregon right now, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like one of my first kids. And he's a good. He's gonna be a great coach one day. And I remember I didn't have to say it. It was at the duel, and I think Kevin like he tried to go a leg pass, and he put himself on his back. And then he's, and then Kai was like, I'm like, hey. And then Kai's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, and I pointed to Kai, like, listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, that's the worst part is you could look over and you go, I, I mean, ref, I didn't say it, sir. I know. Um, that's what I said. I pointed. I pointed to Kai as a kid. Like I'm sitting in the chair. I'm like, "Hey, it's a, it's a teammate, dog. You can't be, nah." These kids are me. crazy. Am I right? Anyway, he is yeah. fucking right, though. <laughs> the fuck was that? But I didn't say it. I I whispered it under my mouth, so you can't. <laughs> Well, Ian, let's do this, my man. I know that you yeah. are in Austin now. You're ready for who's number one. Usually at the end of the yep. interview, I like to give you an opportunity to thank all your team that's been helping you get prepped, give shout outs to any sponsors, and of course, plug anything they want to. So feel free to go ahead and do what you want. I'm going to put the <laughs> camera on you, sir. Sweet, man. Yeah. So um, obviously, like Silverback Wrestling Club, man, we're in SoCal. Um, the headquarters in Garden Grove. I'm mostly in Garden Grove, but I make my way around. We also have Aliso. Santa Ana just opened up. La Habra is coming soon. Um Man, doesn't matter if you're an adult, high schooler, um, high school kids, it's wrestling season. If you want to get better, if you're not making improvements in in a California area, come down to us, man. We actually do your college recruiting for you. If you want to go on trips and go on national trips and try to make a national team, you come to us, man. Um, Yeah, man. And then for coaches, man, Master Eddie Bravo, dude, um, really made me fall in love with jiu-jitsu. 
again, dude. And uh, I'm still competing on the biggest stage for who's number one. Um, and then also take down, just got signed to them. All right. Um, thank you guys. Uh, Classic Tattoo, Dave and Busters. And then also, I know there's a lot more ways to whale. Thank you so much. I'm going to be visiting them soon, today in Austin uh, and tomorrow. And then, um, dude, um, Jennifer, uh, Mike John, Keith Concordian, um, all my guys over at Violent Gentlemen, one of my sponsors too. Thank you guys for helping me get ready. And then uh, follow my way and follow my journey on Ian Butler MMA on Instagram and on Twitter. And then, uh, yeah, man, and then tune into Who's Number One this Thursday, man. Um, if you like to see exciting matchups and, and, and everything, I stand on hard work and effort. I lead by example for all my kids. Um, you're going to see the most effort out of me, and I'm going to put on the show, man. So, yeah. Well, Ian, it was a pleasure to get to know you, sir. Uh, like I said, it, it already feels like you're playing with home money when you know people who know people. So if you know Keith and you're yeah. good with Mike John, it means that you're already part of the family. So I'm very happy to see things working for you, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on Thursday at Who's Number One. I think I'm doing a fight companion on that one. So uh, I think I'll probably be uh, roasting you guys from the safety of my home. Uh, over this one. Oh, you're going to be roasting me? Without, hey, I'm just, hey, just to let you know, I'm shooting to shoot, and I'm not talking fucking takedowns, dog. Like, I'm going, I'm a fire starter. I fucking go for it. And if I fucking, that's just my style. If I fucking die trying, I fucking die trying, dog. I'm, I'm kind of a fighter that, like, doesn't give a fuck. I'm going to fucking fight fire with fire, and I'm shooting all day. I'm trying to figure out if that's a threat. It sounds mostly like a promise for you to do in your match. <laughs> but the timing of it was after I said, I'm going to roast you. And then you said, I'm going to let you know I'm a shooter. I shoot to shoot. And I go, <laughs> is that at me? Uh-oh. Yikes. All right. Well, less jokes about Ian. I'm not that. Nah, dude. That's what I'm going to do with my match. No, no I understand that. But you literally take your timing. That's what I'm going to do with my match. You just literally were that's like, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a real funny joke, rap. No, I'm, I'm not going to shoot to shoot. No, I gotta, I gotta watch myself because, like, I'm. I mean, it's not that hard to find me. I'm the only black person in the OC. Fucking every time they talk about a black guy, they're like, "Oh, it's in the OC," and they're like, "Was it Ian?" <laughs> well, if you say Ian, you're like, "No, it's Ian." San Diego Chambers. Okay, got it. We got, we got the guys. There's literally, you know, what it is. It's just plugged in at different places. Dude, uh, pretty much is how. <laughs> Hey, you have to give me Nate Diaz one more time. You want Nate Diaz one more time? All right. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I have to close up shop here. I'm going to say bye to you off air in a second. But for you, uh, normally I do the end closing, uh, just the plugs. I'm going to do the plugs as Nate Diaz. So all the show plugs that I do to close up the show, that's just for you. But Ian, I'm looking forward to seeing you. And I'm pretty sure at some point we're going to run into each other given the fact that you're all the way up at headquarters and you know the homies that I know and I am occasionally down in Orange County. So I look forward to seeing That's you in cool. person as well, sir. Look forward to seeing you in person too, bro. Thank you so much. All right, you guys. Before we get on out of here, I did promise Ian that I was going to do this in Nate Diaz voice. So here we go, all right? <clears throat> Yo, I just want to say thank you guys so much for watching Grappling Hour. It's been like the best show of all time. 
obviously, because Rafa Spars is a pretty good fucking host. Anyway, if you guys want to go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, you guys can just put it in the <laughs> comment section. That'll be really dope for me. And um, you can follow us on Discord. I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm just reading it off here. It's a fucking <laughs> on the internet for these fucking nerds. And then I guess last thing I want to say is go to hideout page backslash grappling hour. Give my boy Raph some money so he can fuck bitches. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for us, you guys. My name is <laughs> Nate Diaz. As performed by Raph as far as well. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you guys. It's been a great day for grappling. <laughs> We'll see you guys back on the fucking map. <laughs>